many postulate today that things are worse than ever. Do you ever hear that? Things are worse than ever. Things have never been like this. But as you read through this ancient document, and I'm talking about the Bible, you soon realize that the more things change, the more they stay the same. Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in, and I trust the Lord's going to bless us all over the place as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. I introduced a brand new series to you last week. It deals with the issue of pain, and not just any pain, and actually not so much physical pain as emotional and mental distress. A pain that we don't talk about very much in the church, but one that uh, certainly applies, especially in our day and age. We're going to jump right on into that. This is kind of a long series. It's going to be a different series because it really won't resemble, or maybe it'll resemble a series, but ultimately uh, will not look so much like a series as we are jumping from topic to topic. Having said that, our text passage is found in Luke, but I'm going to read one additional passage in your hearing now as we jump into this. Well, actually, I think I'm going to go back to Luke. Go back to our text passage, Luke chapter 9, around verse number 23. And the Word of God puts it this way. Then He said to them, make no mistake about it, He is Jesus. He said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me there's a lot there and we'll look forward to getting into that with you let me pray for you father i thank you so much for each one that's turned on this telecast by whatever means and i pray in the name of jesus that you would speak to needs lord i pray for those that are listening right now who are hurting they're stressed out just emotionally Uh, Things are unsettled, unbalanced in their life. I pray that by your word, by this teaching, you would help them to begin to receive a healing touch and to walk in that healing. We pray, we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. I'm going to be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless. and be rejected by the elders, chief priests and teachers of the law and he must be killed and on the third day raised to life. Here's something I want you to understand my friends. You cannot just claim to be the savior of the world or God's anointed. You have to prove it. Are you with me? You can't just make that claim. I'm the Christ. I'm the anointed one. You have, to appro- uh, you have to prove it. Let me see your eyeballs. Jesus the Christ did prove it. 
He proved it. He met the criteria and it was important for them to know and understand that. And when it says that he, the Messiah must go through these things, do you understand that he is putting before them a plan that indicates a plan, not just happenstance, that Jesus just accidentally went to the cross, that Jesus was just accidentally crucified, that he just accidentally was resurrected from the dead? No, it smacks of a plan. Now, it was from within this context that Jesus put forth their own plight. Look at verse 23. And I would say to you while you're looking at that, that it was equally essential that they comprehended this. 9.23, then he said, Jesus said to them all. I hope you get that. Jesus said to them all. Did you know that you're mentioned in the Bible? Over and over and over again. Them all would include you. Jesus said to them all, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Let me walk you through the amplified version of this. And he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to follow me, that is as my disciple, he must deny himself. What does that mean? Set aside selfish interests. Pastor Terry tells you that all the time. And take up his cross daily, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come. And follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example in living. And if need be, look at this church suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. Wow. Can you agree with me? And I'm looking for a verbal response. Can you agree with me that the cross, like the cross that Jesus died on, can you agree with me that that is a painful idea? Don't have to argue that to you very much, do I? It's a painful idea. Likewise, I'm headed to number five on your study notes, and this is going to be a painful idea. The cross that we must die on. Who, who, Pastor? What, what, pa Pastor? What are you talking about, man? I just come in here this morning for you to tell me that I'm, I'm never going to die, and if I do, I can go to heaven. Check it out. If you live long enough, you're going to die. Thanks for encouraging us. That can be encouraging because if you do the thing by the book, by the, the instruction manual, when this old body of flesh ceases to, to live because the breath, the spirit leaves it, that spirit can go live with God for all eternity and that old body of flesh can be resurrected in due time and, and reconnect with that spirit and live with God for all eternity. That's good news, isn't it? But listen, in the stinking now and now, 
This is important to understand, the cross that we must die on. I'm talking about the cross of service, the cross of self-sacrifice. Oh, what a popular topic that is on uh, your average uh, television evangelism program today. The cross of self-sacrifice, which presents to us, watch this, a lifetime of awkward, stressful, often debilitating experiences. That, too, is a painful concept. It's a different pain. It's suffering, but suffering nonetheless. Let me uh, read you a quote from Matthew Kim's book, Preaching to People in Pain. I am indebted to him for a lot of what you might hear over the next few weeks, although I don't want to blame a lot of what you hear on him, okay? Quote, not all suffering is identical. Listen carefully. He says in another place, this is a, a quote outside the quote, every Christian receives a different form of the cross. I inserted that because I, I think that's, that's heavy right there. Every Christian receives a different form of the cross. Not all suffering is identical. Back to my original quote, the mystery of pain is that no two people experience pain identically. Even in the midst of very similar trials, pain is also polarizing and perplexing. There are generally two converse attitudes toward suffering. Either people love to tell others, that is, vent and revel in their misery, and feel entitled to complain or grumble incessantly as if they are the only ones on the planet going through the hells of life. Or people may try to conceal it from others because they feel ashamed or don't want to be judged, end quote. It has been impressed upon my spirit lately that my, my preaching and teaching to you those of you uh, not only here, uh, but in addition to those of you that are eyeball to eyeball with me now, those that are in the uh, television audience, perhaps those that will listen online somewhere down the road or those that, that are, are tuned in right now to our live stream may be listening to that somewhere down the road or our podcast. Did you know that we go all over creation uh, on the uh, interweb? Did you know that? We do. This is not all there is to us. But my preaching, my teaching is going forth and being introduced to a world of hurt and pain. A world of hurt and pain. Now, a question I want to put before you right now, stay tuned because I'm going to make a personal application here very shortly. Does this fact affect our message? Probably not, but it certainly will impact the delivery of our message. Does that make sense? Now, what I just said about Pastor T to you also applies from you to others. Fill in number six with me on your study notes. The opportunities and the occasions for, would you put your name in the blank? Not Y-O-U-R-N-A-M-E, put your name in that blank. Whatever they call you, 
whether it's not head or what, just put your name in that blank. The opportunities and occasions for you ministering to other persons, enduring awkward, stressful, even debilitating seasons of life is a very near reality. This is cliche. You probably heard it until it goes in one ear and out the other, but you probably are the only Bible that a lot of people will ever read. Let me see your eyeballs. What I'm saying right now is probably more important than what you're whispering about. Listen. There are some of your family members that think they know who Jesus is, but they don't know who Jesus is. They think because they helped some little old lady across the street or they bought, bought a box of Boy Scout cookies at some point in time that God is going to say, oh, you, aren't you nice? Come on into my heaven. Don't have a clue. They don't know. Some of your family members or some of your neighbors that do not have any idea what's in this Bible. Uh, they may own one if they can find it. Watch this. and Listen to me, live stream audience. I have people tell me all the time, I believe in the Bible. And I can ask very basic questions and they can't give me the answer. So what do you mean you believe in the Bible? You believe this is a book? Duh. Or do you believe what's in it? Let me remind you, if what you believe doesn't change the way you live, then it really does not matter what you believe. doesn't matter at all. But there's some of your neighbors don't have an idea, a clue what's in there. Some of your work associates, I don't have to tell you, they don't have a clue what's in there. Watch this. There are some people sitting on church chairs this morning that don't have a clue what's in here. You know why? Because they don't read it. I read it once and it didn't make sense. Well, I hate the duh again, duh, duh. If you only read it once, it's not going to make sense. You continue to, you study it to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word. It takes a lifetime of reading and praying and studying. And I said that to come back to what I started on this little rant with. There are people out there that you are the only Bible they will ever read. They, they're watching you. And as Pastor Terry is preaching and teaching and talking to you just now, you, beloved, uh, are, are going to have to, hopefully you will, take it upon yourselves to share with others the way you're being shared with. Does that make sense? Let me close with this. The pain of our generation may be different on the technical side. Let me do that again. The pain of our generation, I'm talking about right now, it may be different on the technical side. Many postulate today that things are worse than ever. Do you ever hear that? Things are worse than ever. Things have never been like this. But as you read through this ancient document, and I'm talking about the Bible, you soon realize that the more things change, the more they stay the same. Man still has a sin problem and needs a Savior. Now, you can add all the technology you want to, to it and make it look different and smell different and sound different and appeal to different senses, but at the end of the day, we have a sin problem and God has a solution, and that's Jesus. For this occasion, I want to touch upon 
not the pain of the world, but rather I want to close this morning by talking, coming back kind of full circle to your pain, whoever you are. And I want to do it like this. Stay with me for just a sec. When you go to the doctor and you say to the doctor, 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 I've got a pain right here. What do they always ask? What's the first thing they always ask? On a scale of one to 10, what is the nature of your pain? One being the least, 10 being the worst. Don't you always want to say, it's, let's just pretend it's a 10. If it was a one, I wouldn't be here. Up to a five, I'll stay home and drink something. Some kind of over-the-counter medication. You know what I'm saying? Let's just pretend it's a 10. Give me a shot. Give me a pill. Give me something and send me a bill. I just want to tell them that. There's a little gizmo drawn on your study notes for number seven. You don't have to fill in anything. But it's just to kind of put before you this level of pain thing. The implication is when the doctor says, what is your, on a scale of one to 10, the implication is that there are different levels of pain. Watch this. There are. There are. I'm I'm telling you this for a reason. Every Sunday when you see me standing up here, I have this level of pain between L4 and L5. But it's certainly not the pain that I had many, many years ago prior to my surgery. There are different levels. I'll just tell you that to, to stress that to you. Are you with me? Different levels of pain. Now, here's a point. Even if your pain level is a one, regardless of the category or the application of the pain. If your pain is a level one, you would rather it would be zero. Can I get an amen right there? Or better yet, perhaps on the positive side of feeling great or being completely devoid of the pain. Took you there to take you here. There are also differing levels of suffering And this is where it's really going to come home to you this morning, church folks. Different levels of suffering. I would be wont to say that nearly every one of you looking back at me right now, you are enduring some level of suffering. Some level. Something that you're dealing with. And for some of you, men in particular, men don't like to talk about this. Push it down, push it down, push it down, push it down. Push it down. You don't want to talk about it. You want to deny it's there, but it's there. Here's my point to you. Regardless of your level, God is concerned about your situation. God is concerned about your situation. Your aches and ills and your trials and tribulations, regardless the nature of them. How do I know that? Where did I come up with that? Pastor Terry, how do you make these things up? Let me tell you, I don't just believe that this is the Word of God. I read it. And when I do, I find things like I'm going to put before you right now. It's in Hebrews. Watch this. 
Paul was writing to a bunch of knuckleheads. Seems like they never got it right. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15, very scholarly letter by the way. Many believe that it wasn't Paul that wrote it. I'm going to tell you, whoever it was, they were a human instrument. It come by way of Holy Spirit. So what's your point? Listen to Hebrews 4.15. It says it this way, and it sounds confusing, and I'll try to straighten it out for you, but what we read is, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Can I help you understand that by doing it this way? For we do have a high priest who is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. We have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. Look at verse 16. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our, watch this, our time of need. Can I ask you this morning, what is your need? What is your need? What is your suffering? What is your pain? What is your issue? Whatever it is, Abba Father saying, come here, son. Come here, daughter. Sit down here on my knee and let's talk it over. I care. You come to me with confidence. Watch this, not cockiness. Don't you come up in here telling me what to do, but you come on up in here with some confidence and you sit here and we'll, we'll talk it all over. You know, I, I use a top. Thompson Chain Reference uh, Study Bible. I highly recommend it. Greatest study Bible that's ever been. And I don't get a cut out of the profits of that by telling you that. But in the margin, here's what I read about this particular passage. Uh, this, uh, this particular passage is dealing with divine sympathy. How do you like that? You know, I can be sympathetic, but I have to force it. Say amen, Sister D. I've got a screw loose. I can come up with some of the most hilarious things that you've ever heard at a funeral, and that's not the place. So if you ever see me do good at a funeral, you'll know that you just witnessed a miracle. I'm telling you. I can be sympathetic, but can you imagine divine sympathy? Sympathy coming from God Almighty? Also, Christ's compassion is dealt with here. I, I, can, I can work it up and pray for a couple of weeks and I can be compassionate. Christ's compassion. He is compassion. God's grace is mentioned here. A divine helper, mercy. All of these things are wrapped up, encompassed in these couple of verses. Hallelujah. I was reminded of an old song this morning and I went to a copy of an old hymn book that I stole, I mean I borrowed from my home church I've got to get that back to them one of these days you can see it in my will now one old red hymnal to Cornerstone Community Church of Satspahal listen to these words it asks are you weary now, some of you won't think of weary as suffering and pain. It is. Because it occupies your time, your thoughts, your energy, and detracts from other things. Are you weary? Are you heavy-hearted? Heavy-hearted. 
Are you grieving over joys departed? Tell it to Jesus. Do the tears flow down your cheeks unbidden? Listen to this old preacher. You may not cry in front of anybody else, but I know people cry. Do the tears flow down your cheeks unbidden? Have you sins that two men's eyes are hidden? Tell it to Jesus. Do you fear the gathering clouds of sorrow? Are you anxious what shall be tomorrow? Tell it to Jesus. Are you troubled at the thought of dying? For Christ's coming kingdom, are you sighing? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. He is a friend that's well known. There's no other such a friend or brother. Tell it to Jesus alone. Bow your heads if you would, please. Well, beloved, that's going to conclude part one of this series. I want to wrap it up tonight by saying this. I have been pastoring now for nearly 42 years. 42 years I've been dealing with every kind of life situation that you can imagine. I don't think I have ever lived in a time, in fact, I know that I've never lived in a time where there was more pain, more inner stress, mental and emotional stress and distress than there is in this day and age. It has a lot to do with our culture, the fact that our culture has moved away from the Word of God, and that's true whether people want to admit it or not. And I know there may be even some of you listening right now, you say, I believe in God, I believe in His Word, the Bible, but you're not in a relationship with God, and you're certainly not in a relationship with His Word. You never read it, you never hear it preached and taught, other than perhaps here on New Life Telecast, and I am very grateful and thankful for that. But I'm here to tell you the Word of God does bring healing to our soul. This is the answer. I know for some they say, oh, this just sounds like an oversimplification. And pastor, you live such a rosy life and you just don't know what it's like out there. Yes, I do know what it's like out there. I deal with it all the time. And I'm here to tell you, God has a purpose and plan for your life, which may involve some trials, but certainly does not, uh, God doesn't purpose for you to be all stressed out, especially emotionally and mentally stressed out all the time. God has a solution for that situation. And I trust that through this series, you'll begin to understand that and find help and health and healing for your soul, the soulish realm, your mind. One of the greatest battleground that we face in our spiritual journey is right here between our ears so many times the mental battles that we face day in and day out. I trust this is going to help some of you. Let me pray for you. We're going to have to get out of here. I'm about out of time. Father, I thank you so much for each one that has turned us on. And I pray that by your word, as we've shared that over the airwaves tonight, that that word, which will not return void, it will um, bring about the purpose for which you desired and as we put it forth, I pray that that work would begin to take place in the hearts and the minds, the spirits of each one listening. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen.
Hey, before I get out of here, I do want to remind you that New Life Community Church has a regular schedule of activities. And listen to me now, this is still very important. There's so many have just brushed church off and brushed it aside as something that's not important. It is important. The coming together with the body of Christ is very important. We meet Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock, also Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock, and a gob of other activities taking place uh, throughout the week. Too many to mention here. We'd love to tell you more about that in time. I am Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church. I trust you're going to have a great week. Remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you? (laughs) 